Hey, what's up, everybody? This is John Lewis, aka Badass Vegan, and I am with SoFlow Vegans. Welcome to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. We bring you vegan experts from around the world to talk about health, the environment, animal advocacy, and spreading compassion. It's our passion to help you navigate the vegan lifestyle by listening to the experiences of vegan influencers, doctors, and experts. Thanks for listening. This is the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. And now your host, Sean Russell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Russell. And on this episode, we have a returning champion and not just to this podcast but to south florida always representing no matter where you are of course we have john lewis badass vegan on the soflo vegans (laughs) podcast what's up everybody how y'all doing (laughs) no it's always it's always a pleasure seeing you you always have good energy anytime we see you down here in south florida or actually i saw you in new york so wherever i see you you bring that energy represent for the vegan community and you have a project coming up last time we had you on you were talking about the film and we'll get to that but the first thing i want to dip into and i know you're listening right now and you're like but sean what about the vegan origin story? Well, we did that. We did that. And you guys could check that out in the show notes. Now on this episode, I want to talk about all of these amazing projects you have going on. But what I was alluding to was your book that is coming out. Before we get yes. into the, 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 I was about to say the meat, the tofu and potatoes. The coconut of your, meat. The coconut there you meat. Go, there you go. The coconut <laughs> meat of our jackfruit. Of, of what's going on, um, what prompted you to write a book in the first place? Yeah, you know, it's going to sound like cliche, but I would say like mo- most of what I'm doing right now as a kid, I was like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. When I get older, I'm doing this. And it's like all coming to fruition now. So I've always wanted to create a book. And even as an adult, I always wanted to, but I just didn't know where to start. And as my my life journey, including my vegan journey, just got bigger and bigger, that's when it was like, okay, it's time to to put this out. And um, I was very fortunate that Avery, which is a wing under the Penguin Random House uh, umbrella, that they wanted to do this together. And here we are launching March 14th. I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. So, so, you, so you're launching on Pi Day. Yeah, exactly. That's what's up. That's what's up. It's also, pie it's also, yeah, there you go. Vegan pie day. It's also my mom's birthday. So I, I'm, I'm definitely oh, no. feeling, I'm feeling that date. I'm feeling that, that date. And, and I'm from so, St. Louis, which the, the area code is 314. So that actually works too. Oh, was that, was that on, on purpose or just by coincidence? No, no I wouldn't. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's what they call it. Synchronicities. That means, that means you're you on go. the right path. So exactly. the goal, the goal is to put this book out for it to be a New York Times bestseller. And, yes. you know, one of the cool things and I saw you mention it in, in the social media is that it's going to be potentially one of the few or only books that have vegan in the title. That's a New York Times bestseller. So why tell the people listening or watching, why is that important to you? Because I, th- I think a lot of times we a lot of people still shy away from the word vegan, even if they are vegan, because there is like a negative connotation with it, you know, out there. So 
it's good to have where we're not afraid to use it. And I, and I'm, I'm not going to say that some of those negative connotations weren't earned. I mean, <laughs> I like to say that vegans never mess up, but we know better. So there are some things out there, but I want to, I, I want to shed light on the good aspects of this lifestyle and, and also share the amazing ways that this lifestyle has helped me, you, and so many others. And that's why we have to keep that word alive. And, and also, kind of redefine it to the good definition of what's going on. So we talked about why your motivations for the book, as well as some other motivations for, you know, the world getting to see it. Let's go inside of the book. You know, what can people expect to see covered um, in your new book? And what is the book actually called? I actually have a, there you go. So that's so, the actual. So, so pretty, so pretty. Yeah. So badass <laughs> vegan, as you see, it says, fuel your body, fuck the system, and live your life right. Um, it's it's basically a journey to help those to transition to a vegan lifestyle, also to help them understand the different aspects of vegan, because I think one of the major things that we get wrong as vegans sometimes, somebody will say, hey, I want to go vegan, I want to live healthier. And as a vegan, we go, well, yeah, man, you should see what they do to these animals. And we miss the boat mm. of what they actually are telling us. We're not actively listening to what they're saying. So this book is to hit all the aspects, whether it's for the animals, whether it's for your health, whether it's for the community. There are a lot of aspects that people don't talk about as far as the ecosystem, as far as the earth. There's so many different aspects. It could be social justice. It's a lot of things in there. And we touch base on all of that. But then we also dive into how healthy this lifestyle can be if done right. And we also talk about one of the major things is a lot of people talk about how to go vegan, but they don't actually talk about how to stay vegan. Mm. You know, they don't talk about when you go to your aunt and uncle's house and you haven't had barbecue in a while and that nose hits those senses and you got peer pressure from your cousin mm. and all these different things. So we talk about that as well. And we dive into a lot of aspects of it, but in a fun way, too. I, I didn't want it to be a boring lecture. If you know me, I'm, I like to have fun, even though it might be a serious conversation. And then at the end, we got 80 delicious, amazing recipes that I curated. A majority of them I actually worked with good friend Tara Ponzoni. If you've ever been out to L.A. and had Pura Vida, she assisted me with the majority of the recipes. Some of them were mine already, but then... I, I got her to like really dive in and help me out. So if you ever had her food, be ready to be amazed. Oh man, I had Pura Vida for the first time this year out in um out in I forget where for it was where it was um Hollywood uh, I guess in L A. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the food is so it was the, what I loved about it the most is that it wasn't heavy. You know, it yeah. it was delicious, and I didn't feel like I just ate a you right. know. Six slices of pizza. I didn't eat six slices, but you know, yeah. you know what I'm talking you about. Probably did, but it's okay. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So that's awesome. So you said March 14th is when the book mm -hmm. is slated to be released, and yes. where can everybody get the books? You know, what can they do now? Can they do pre-orders? What's the deal? Yes, we are actually doing pre-orders now. You can go through Amazon.com. That's the main spot for the pre-orders but once it releases we got barnes and nobles target yeah we're working on pretty much every outlet we can but we have barnes and nobles and uh, amazon secured for sure and then we're working on I'm, my website will have it as well so we're just really pushing it out there and 
and right now we're actually finishing up there will be a uh a small workout tutorial that'll be given to those that pre-order it uh, as well as a couple of like bonus recipes for those that pre-order it because like we said the goal is is to you know hit this new york times bestseller you know and I, i'm really excited i i think we're gonna get actually i know we're gonna get it with there the help of everybody there's there's no way that this is yeah. you know this that it's happening it's happening and i'm excited for you i'm excited that this content is out because i feel like you know, I'll even speak for myself. It's like there, we have a lot of experience, not even just being vegan, but being connected to other vegans in the space. And I feel like it's important that we get to use our voices to share our experience because there's a lot of people who are in similar boats as us, um, especially in the Black community, being able to see that there's people who are thriving on this li- th- thriving in this lifestyle, but more importantly, embracing the lifestyle. Because, yeah. um, you know, in a year's, years past, you know, there was a lot of to do about, oh, the Black community is the largest community, growing community. But then you go around and, 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 you know, let me know if you have this experience. It's like there are so many pockets of people who are living this lifestyle, but you're just not in the mix of the veg newses and the all these platforms yeah. because they're doing their own thing. They have their own audience. So right. I feel like being able to see that what they're doing is similar, if not the same as what we're doing, it's just we're using this title that um that we get to t- reclaim we get to take it over we get to mm. take this and make it cool i was having a conversation with some a group called bison down here and that's what we're talking about like veganism gets to be cool you know there's this, there's was, this corny ass go yeah, ahead no you're right that, that's that was the premise behind badass vegan in the first place was that i wanted to make something to where people felt like veganism was cool again and I don't know if they ever thought it was cool in the first place, but <laughs> again, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that, like, you know, hey, we travel, we go kick it, we go to movies, we go to concerts, we go, we do all kinds of stuff. We're all about fashion, we're all about food, we want to look sexy. We, everything that a regular person does, we want to do. We just don't want to kill animals along the way. And I know somebody's going to hear this and they're going to see it like, well, you know, the farming and I, veganism is not perfect. But we're moving towards as little violence as we can. It's not about being perfect. It's about being the perfect you. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody yeah. wants to be, there's there's no true definition of perfect, but you can be the perfect person that you're designed to be. And I believe we can just all really get out there and do what we can, man. And, and to that point, you know, the way I've always looked at it, and it's not even just with veganism, it's just life in general is like, you know, you be a stand for what you believe in. But right. also meet people with where they where they are, and I feel like it's a yeah. part of effective communications for you to understand, like you said it, what they're actually asking you instead of what you want to tell them. Because the point is, you get to plant these seeds in these individuals, and guess what? That seed is going to be watered every time they have another conversation with someone. Yeah, you know. So it's good to know that you know these resources are being developed. And speaking yeah. of and speaking of resources, we're going to shift a little bit into a conversation we had last time. And since then, I, it was I do really- want to touch base on something real fast. Oh, you please, please, please! A great, a great <laughs> idea. And I always say this when you said about you know planting the seeds. And I think sometimes this is speaking to the vegans. I think sometimes we actually feel 
that we have to be the one to make somebody go vegan. If we're not the one that made them go vegan, then they should have went vegan as soon as we told them about veganism. But we don't realize that dealing with plants all the time, we should understand that Sean might be the one that plants the seed. Tori might be the one to water the seed. I might be the one to cultivate the seed. Somebody else might have to prune the plant as it grows. And then eventually it gets to veganism. But it's a collective effort between everybody. I think sometimes we want to have ownership on I'm the one that made them go vegan. It's like, no, we all work together. And that's why we all have different aspects, too. There are some people that show animal cruelty. There are some some people that show vegan health and fitness. There are some people that show the science behind it. I think we all are on the same highway going down the same way, just in different lanes. And if we work together, we can make the world of a difference. I, I love that you said that. And I just didn't want to let that go without touching on that. No, no, no. And and just quickly, you know, lo- leaning on that, you know, I was in education for 14 years and a big part of what the conversation is, especially in the elementary school level, is differentiation of learning because people don't learn things the same way. So, you know, even though I may not personally agree with the methodology of, you know, direct action, I know for some people that seeing that will turn them vegan immediately. I don't know what the portion or majority, you know, the, the percentage is, but for that person, they need that. And at the same time, I feel like those sort of things are good reminders for establishing doing it because sometimes you can get lost in the parties you can get lost and you know all the things that surround the lifestyle of veganism and forget Mm -hmm. that you know there is a a bigger reason why we're all doing this so everything has its place but from an individual point of view even just to prevent burnout you know i i lead with compassion you know i lead and i lead with compassion because i know at a certain point i wasn't vegan and if somebody hit me up I might want to hit them up. It would it, right. it probably set me back five years from going vegan. So that's that. Yeah. That's my piece. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, man. I was a butcher at once. You know what I'm saying? We talked about that. Like I was a butcher, so like I have to keep myself, you know, mm. what I'm saying humbled. Like, hey, bro, you can't go after people when you were doing this yourself. Like, and I think a lot of vegans forget that sometimes they forget where they were. Some of them still got burgers and shit on their timeline and they over here like on somebody else's page (laughs) giving them like crap. So it's like, you know, we got to sometimes step back. And again, for some people that works for me. And like you said, for my soul, I feel better if I'm encouraging someone. Now, of Mm. course, you come to my page. I got comedy kind of thing going on, but I'm never calling anybody out of their name. I'm never demeaning anybody. I'm not assassinating anybody's character. I don't do that. That's not my thing. I'm not calling anybody a fur hag and all. Mm -hmm. That's not my thing. I want to encourage people how dope this lifestyle is over here. You know, we we live in South Beach. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. Like, Mm -hmm. if anybody that has never been to South Beach, if you go to a club here, nobody they they have what they call velvet rope access. There's no lines. There's you just stand outside, and people stand outside of the club they really want to go in. You can walk past a bunch of clubs and you can look inside and you'll see like, I don't want to be in there. And sometimes we make veganism look like those clubs. Mm. We need to make them look like the sexiest, the music's popping, the food's popping, the people are popping, and people want to be a part of that. And the more we think like that, 
We need to be appealing. We need to get the people to want to be a part of us. And I think we're doing a good job of that, but I think we could do more of it. And and that's a perfect segue for the events that are happening, not just here in South Florida, but around the country. And one of those events in particular are going to be coming to South Florida for the ver- first time. And if you live in LA or maybe just are tuned into the vegan lifestyle, you probably know this event. So tell us about the vegan street fair and you know how you got involved with it and what people can expect. Well, Jessica, who is the amazing founder of Vegan Street Fair, we've known each other over 10 years to the point we're so close that we've argued, went at it, still best friends afterwards. Like we just known each other forever. And uh, she was like, hey, look, I'm about to take this thing on a world tour and I got to have you as the host. And I was like, let's go. Like you, if anybody's ever been to a an event I've hosted, you know, it's it's on 10 the whole time. We have a good time. So I'm excited. If anybody's ever been to the Vegan Street Fair out in L.A., they average like 30,000 people wow. for one event. Like they don't they she does not play. And one thing I really love about it, though, is. Outside of it being a dope experience for the people that are coming to attend it, because she doesn't charge anything for it, it's free to come to her stuff. One thing I really love is that her vendors, like for these events, it's only a thousand dollars for the booth. Like, and that's including table, chairs, tent, you know, every, and and um, because you got to get a permit to actually sell at these things too. That includes the permit. Like she's doing all she can to make this a dope experience for everybody. Um, you know what I'm saying? And you don't, and no knock on any other event, but you don't see that too often with uh with all the events so i'm I'm real proud to be a part of that and, and be hosting all nine cities which are uh atlanta miami la seattle vegas new york austin texas there's two more in there and i don't know why i can't think of right oh oakland and then one more so i apologize to that city because i just got back from jamaica yesterday so i apologize <laughs> No, that's an impressive lineup. Um, I'm looking at it right now. So yeah, so Vegan Street Fair and for the Miami event, if you're listening right now, it's going to be April 22nd of next year. And that definitely looks like it's going to be in a Miami area. Have they locked in a a venue yet for Miami? Do you know? I don't think they locked in the location yet. I I know that they are. I know it's a definite that we're coming but I don't think they locked the location yet. Right now, LA is a definite because they always have it in the same spot every year. I mean, I believe that's March and then we're coming right to Miami after that. All right. And then, you, of course, we've seen you several times and expect to see you again at the Vegan Block Party. Yes. Yes. The, the only reason, the only reason <laughs> I was not at the last one, which was this past Saturday, was because I was running the half marathon in Jamaica on Sunday. And so I had it. It was no way I could have been able to be here, be here for the event, host that event and get to Jamaica, get to Negril, Jamaica, out of all places. Like it's a two hour drive from the airport to get there. And the race starts at five in the morning. There's no way it would have worked. So, yeah, that's the only reason I missed it. I won't miss anymore. Believe me, I will be at all the vegan block parties. Uh, Shout out to Ariel. She's doing an amazing job with that, too. And it's just that's a dope experience as well. And um, so all those events, 
Make sure you check them out. We'll put them links in the show notes. And also the one from Miami, we'll definitely put on our calendar. You can get it at soulflowvegans.com as well as our app on Android and iPhone. Now, you brought it up, the marathon. Uh, so, like, so what 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 um prompted you to get involved with this uh, marathon in the grill? Uh, they actually reached out to me um to run it, and uh, it was funny because I was thinking of trying to do something as an ode to my mom who passed away mm-hmm. in July, no, and so it's... it was like, thank you, thank you. It was like perfect timing. And in fact, when they reached out, it was like right at three months, which I usually, this is my seventh half marathon I've ran. And, but it's been 10 years since I've done one. So the, it was a little different training for this. You know, if you, you know, you start training a certain way, your body gets accustomed to it. So since I hadn't done it in a while, this was interesting, but I actually ended up being faster on my time than ever. And, you know, at 45, I was able to like actually come in eighth out of 23 in my age group so and that's been only three months of training so yeah so next year i'm actually feeling like i'm gonna try to i'm not gonna try we're not gonna do that next year i'm actually gonna get better and and show up but yeah it was it was perfect timing the funny thing was i i attempted to get my brothers to run with me because we we plan to do a trip every year just the brothers to you know in honor of our mom and uh they weren't having it i'm the youngest actually so i'm 45 but i'm the youngest so mm-hmm. they tried to come with the excuse of like, oh, we're in our 60s, bro. We can't do that. I'm like, you can do it. I'm like, hey, we don't have to win as long as we go together. We can walk in, whatever you want to do. So next year, I'm giving them plenty of time to get ready for this. But it was an amazing time. The Grill is an amazing place. Shout out to the Reggae Marathon. They're amazing event. I've run a lot of half marathons, and this was the most organized. And this is the first one I ran out of the country. So it was more organized than the ones I've had here. And uh, the resort I stayed at was just amazing, too. Ocean Cliff. Uh, Shout out to them, too. We want to hear from you. Visit our website to ask a question, leave a comment, or tell us how much you love the show. We'll play some of your messages during the episode, as well as directly to our guests. So be sure to leave your name and city and visit SoFloVegans.com slash podcast. Yeah, shout out to all my Jamaican brethren out there. So I'm definitely glad. Glad you were a part of that event. So um, one of the things I did see on your on your IG timeline was that you dropped a considerable amount of weight. I'd be like 30 pounds, 29, 39, 30 pounds in yeah. five months. So everyone listening right now, I'm sure, is going to be asking the question, how? Well, you know what it was? It was, it was holding myself accountable more than anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we our ego gets in the way and because I've been in, you know, in fitness realm pretty much my whole life, but I, I was an obese child. So I have those genes just waiting on those, uh, <laughs> waiting to kick back in when I, when I get a chance and you know, with everything happening with my mom, I just kind of slipped up and just started eating and eating and eating. And I was like, you know what, this is enough. Like, you know, I got two kids and I want them to see the best example of myself that I can give them, uh, so that they can, be the best example too you know like it i see plenty of uh different motivational quotes and stuff like that and it all leads to the same thing it's like why have them look to a superhero when the parent can be the superhero and that's just that's pretty much what hit me like yeah why why would i 
and it's no knock on any athlete out there. There's no knock on any uh, movie star, but you're the first person that your kids see every day, you know? So, you know, when you go to pick them up for school, I'd rather have them like, yeah, that's my dad over there. You know what I'm saying? Or like it, all those different things. So that, that helped out. And then, you know, knowing that my mother's ailments came from like food and, and lifestyle, it was a, it was a way of me being like, you know what, let's not go down this road. We've already seen what happens. And, um, I'm glad to be where I'm at now. You know what I'm saying? And and you brought up a good point in terms of just ailments and people getting sick from the food choices. And we see that a lot in our community in terms of high blood pressure, diabetes, and all these other ailments. How, when you're having conversations or people are coming up to you, you know, how does, does that ever play in the back of your mind in terms of planting those seeds or like, do you see a shift in that awareness? And obviously that's a big part of the documentary. Yeah. We're going to go into that, but like, even since you produced the documentary, cause I know that was, you know, a lot of years in the making you putting that together. Have you seen a shift organically in the culture in terms of people taking that more seriously? Of course. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, these last two, two and a half years really put people's minds on alert about, wait a minute, our health really does mean something because, you know, whether somebody thinks it's a hoax or whatever it is, one thing is for sure is that COVID actually brought out your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh man, like, oh, COVID didn't care what your sexuality was, what your religion was, what your race was, um, what time you wake up in the morning. It, it didn't care about any of that. What it cared about was, I'm going to come in this building, which is your body, and see how long I can stay. And the more mm -hmm. junk you got in this building, the more things I can hide behind and just keep on going and keep on going. And that that's where I see people starting to take their health for really into serious consideration like wait a minute i don't want to go down this path no more because it was attacking you know the copd the asthma the diabetes all these different things you know were getting heightened when people were able to just get by day by day living with it but now it was like oh now we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you really feel the pressure from these ailments and what i've seen across the board is a lot more awareness, a lot more people wanting to change their lives. Now, not saying anybody out there watching this right now that's not, you know, vegan, not saying that it's just been an easy switch on, switch off, but there is, there has been a, a change among the people because you have to remember that, you know, food is an addiction for the most part. We're one of the few species of animals that are addicted to food. And it, the government fucks about a lot of things, but the one thing they got right is when they call it the FDA, because food is a drug. It's the most addictive drug you put in your body. And sometimes, whether it's good or bad, if you cut that out of your body, you cut that out of your lifestyle, your body's going to start looking for it. Your mind is going to start looking for it. So there are some hurdles to go with it, but I promise. And anybody that, that has done it for a while can tell you, once you've done it and once you see the benefits, it, it's amazing. When done right, because I know some people say you know they, they had headaches when they went they you know they got bloated yeah uh, you can you all those ailments can happen 
on any kind of eating lifestyle. I, I don't like to use the word diet. Like Tori and I, we don't use the word diet because we're not trying to die yet. So we, we, mm-hmm. we stay away from that. But there are there are right ways to do it and there's wrong ways to do it. And what would you say to someone who, you know, is looking to get started, but they hear their friends who got sick or this, whatever, or they need fish or this sort of situation, you know, any advice or better yet, not to that person, to the vegans that are out there who have people come up to them and ask questions are, and they may not feel prepared, like what direction could you point them so they can, you know, arm themselves with the proper information? I think the best advice to give isn't in a book. It isn't on the internet. Mm. The biggest advice is stick to what you are trying to do. You know, it takes, they say it takes 28 days to form a habit, but that's to start a habit. That's not to actually have a habit. We have to make sure that we stick it all the way out. Like give yourself a year with something. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we're like, oh man, I didn't get a result in a day. I did I did five push-ups. I don't understand why <laughs> why I'm not ripped up. You know, like it's it, the same thing goes with food, it goes with lifestyle and mentally, you know, like you have to practice. People don't understand healthy mind state is just like anything else. You have to practice that daily. Like you have to actually wake up. You don't wake up happy as hell every day. It does not you have to wake up and think consciously about being happy because there's always going to be some adversity throughout the day. So you have to, you have to do the same thing with this lifestyle. I'm starting this. There's going to be some bumps in the road, but that's okay. I know at the end of the day, at the end of this year, at the end of this 365 days, wow, I'm going to be amazed at myself. And that's what you have to do. And and I'm glad you brought that up. It sounds like you're talking about a positive mental attitude and things of that nature. So like, how did you, how, were you always like that? Or is that something that you had to, you know, learn or, you know, get, like, how did you develop that? Because I've seen you make comments and things of that nature in the, in terms of like not letting other people's moods and things impact you. So how did you get to that point? I, you know, I think I always had it. I think my mom instilled it in me. But at the same time, I'm human and I know I slipped up a couple of times throughout life. So uh, even when I first went vegan, I was I was the angry vegan. I was the guy, you know, making posts like if you're not vegan, if you're harming animals, you don't talk to me. And uh, it just took a long time for me to understand, like what we talked about earlier, like if somebody came to me like that. I'm not listening to you. So I was like, let me get to the point where. I want to put out as much positivity as I can. There's enough negativity for everybody. I don't need to join in that crowd because there's enough going around, but there's not enough positivity. And I live a positive life. It was like, if I'm living so positive within my own realm, why am I putting out negativity? And then once I did that, I saw a shift for myself as well, as well as the people I was trying to help and impact positively. So one of the biggest switches was like I read a book called um, A New Earth. That was a big uh, by Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. That was a huge, huge, huge uh, game changer for me. And another one I read in college, actually, when I was playing ball in undergrad, was um, The Art of War by Sun Tzu. And a lot of people don't realize like how that book applies to everyday, just everyday actions. And it's not necessarily about war. It's about 
living your life through the war of life. Like there's a war going on around you all the time. We're just comfortable and there's been enough wars to kind of keep us where we don't have to deal with a lot of the bull that's going on. And I don't want to say bull. Sorry about that. <laughs> a lot of the nonsense that's going on. But to that aspect, that that book and there's I read the big one, but there is a smaller like Cliff Notes version and it's translated because it's not written in English. And that just that was one of the biggest things. And I just I just wanted to always give out positivity, man. You know, even when people see me joking on my page, like I said, I'm still never demeaning. I'm never talking, you know, bad about anybody. I'm just like, hey, look at this. Like, why would you eat this? Why would you do that? Like, but I'm not talking bad about the person themselves. And so thanks for that. And I'm clarifying that because I feel like there's a physical and the mental component that go hand in hand, which supports you. Because you even mentioned for the the 30 pounds you lost, it was keep holding yourself accountable. And that mm -hmm. takes, you know, that's part of that mental toughness and and fortifying yourself with that in order to make anything you want to have, ha have happen. So along those lines, you have a film that you produce, that you um, put the, that you produce, directed, produce? Directed, produced, wrote, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you're, you're the gaffer, you did. So tell us a little bit about that, kind of take us through where you are now with it. Obviously we talked about it um, in depth in our last conversation, but for those who weren't listening or, or didn't hear the episode, can you tell us a little bit about the film? Yeah, so uh, if anybody's seen the film What the Health, this is the official follow-up film to What the Health. My co-director is Keegan Coon, who actually directed What the Health. Um, he also wrote and directed uh, Cowspiracy. And this is along that line uh, of documentaries. Uh, the premise of the film is uh, social justice and food justice through the lens of hip-hop. Been very fortunate. We got Chris Paul as an executive director, as well as Billie Eilish. Uh, over 90 interviews in there. Sorry if I don't name everybody, but mm -hmm. Styles P, Professor Griff, Damon Dash, my boy Gray, big shout out to Gray, Stick, I think I might say Stick already, Maya, John Sally, from doctors to economists, government officials, we go all the way in. And uh, right now we are, and so if anybody saw What the Health, you might have saw Kip was the guy going around doing all the interviews and things of that nature. I'm the guy now doing that. So doing my investigative journalism through the lens of like an actual documentary. And what you said earlier about meeting people where they are, that's where the documentary came. As, as much as I, you know, people do read books, people are more inclined to sit at home and watch something on Netflix or, or whatever streaming service that they may choose. And so that's why I was like, let's let's present this to them in a medium of where they're going to pay the most attention. So let's give them something entertaining. Like even even the score of the film, I made sure that there were beats to where you were engaged in the whole time. You know, it's just a whole aspect of making sure that we keep people's attention and that they actually learn something. I didn't want to just put a vegan documentary out. I want to give people stuff that they probably hadn't even heard before. And it's all factual and got a big climax and again helps people to stay vegan once they see that this is the right path for them and you know obviously this is a huge undertaking and putting this out there getting the information out there what was one of the, what were one of the things that you were shocked 
to discover mm. in the process of creating this film? And even if there's multiple, um, you know, obviously share as much as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I one of the major ones is that you have to be patient when you're asking people to help you out. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been patient, but you know, everybody that is in this film volunteered their time. Nobody was paid. Nobody, you know, received any compensation. And so with that say, being said, there were some days you might fly all the way to a certain state and that person has to cancel. And you can't get mad at them because they probably they canceled because they had a paid gig that they had to do. You're not paying them. So you can't get mad. You just gotta be like, okay, understand we'll reschedule. And there were some people in there that we wanted to get in there, but they couldn't get in there, you know, because of time constraints and things of that nature. So that was something was being patient about that. Understand that not everybody wants the truth to come out. Uh, mm -hmm. We have people try to bankrupt the film. I mean, just honestly try to take all the money out of the account, try to slander the, the film. So, so many different things, man. It's like, it's like, Rod, do I really want to make another one of these and go through all this again? Because <laughs> people are like, are you going to do another one? I'm like, man, I don't know, man. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, it, that was a major thing. It was like seeing people don't all necessarily want the truth to come out. There was a major network that saw the film told us that the film was the bet literally this is the president of this network and i'm not talking about some small network i'm talking about major <laughs> like a billion dollar network and they told me that this is the best documentary they've ever seen in their life and that they wanted to use it to help heal the black community and that the only thing is they had to cut and they said they fact checked it everything you know checked out the mm -hmm. lawyers checked it out it's good but they need to cut out 30 minutes of the film. So Key and I, we're on a Zoom. This is like height of lockdown kind of say. And so we're on the Zoom together and we look at each other like, man, cut out 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, it is a little long. Okay, we can cut it out. But she continues to talk. The funny part is her lawyer is on the call with her. Mm -hmm. And after she said this certain thing, you kind of saw him like put a like, not physically, but like an imaginary face palm when she said it because the this is the president again she goes we need to cut out 30 minutes of the film because it goes directly after many of our main advertisers and i'm like mm -hmm. me and keegan looked at each other we're like wait a minute you just said this is the best documentary you've ever seen and it's going to help heal the community and this and that but you're worried about the advertisers in there like how are you going to heal the community if you're not going to tell them about what this what these people are doing to the community. So that was a big thing too. So that was getting to see like, not everybody wants the truth to come out and dollars, even though they're, they're probably one of the richest networks out there, we're still worried about advertisers. And, and that is always the case when it comes to things that we get to take. It's like, you know, you start going down these rabbit holes and I'm sure you've gone through some rabbit holes that the rest of us don't even know exists <laughs> through the nature of what you're doing. But it's yeah. just like, it, it always boils. I make up that it always boils down to the money. You know, mm -hmm. if it's going to mess up the money, then there's not a lot of incentive to do right by the people. And so where does that leave you? Where's where can people watch the film? You know, what's what's next for for this project that you put a lot of time and effort into? 
So we are working on distribution now. Major shout out to our uh, sales executive now. We're working with somebody new. Um, he's actually the guy that actually helped sell the Game Changers. So shout out to Addison. This is We're very impressed with what with the strides we've made so far, and it's looking pretty good. So while it's not on a streaming platform yet, uh, by the time this shows, hopefully it will be out. <laughs> but we are aggressively like hunting right now for a home for the documentary. And uh, hopefully within the next two to three months, we'll have something secure. Well, we'll, we're excited to see what happens. And obviously you have a lot of great projects coming up. You know, we talked about, so what's, so we're going to shift gears a little bit. So um, tell us, you know, you um, owner of a protein shake company. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Yeah. So I started a protein shake company with uh, two of my frat brothers, Kareem Cook and Claude Tellis by the name of NatureAid. We've been very fortunate. You can find us at Costco, Whole Foods, Target, Gelson's, Mothers, Amazon Prime. Been really, really working on that. And, you know, my two business partners, um, they were looking for a vegan formula and they hadn't had one yet. And so they reached out to me to help formulate that. And once we formulated that, that's when they were like, hey, we would love to have you come on the team as a partner. And... (laughs) To be honest, I was broke at the time. So I was like, ooh, I don't know if I can do all that. And they're like, no, no, no. We understand this is your baby. This is your creation. Uh, we'd love to have you on. You know, we'll take care of it. I'm like, oh, well, you should have started with that. <laughs> Say less. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in. So, yes, we. Um, that's been about seven or eight years now. I've uh, been, been very fortunate. Uh, we've got Magic Johnson as a partner. Wow. Uh, we've got um, Grant Hill as a partner. Uh, so yeah, been, been going really, really well. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting it. Uh, a lot of people don't even know it's me, but they've been supporting it anyway. Mm-hmm. Works. <laughs> I don't need any shine for it. I'll just, I, you know, just need to keep the lights on. That's all. Uh, so I appreciate all the support and we, you know, we have vegan, vegan smart, which is under the nature aid, uh, realm too. So sometimes people might see nature aid and vegan smart in my post. They're the same company. It's just that, certain stores want a certain uh, look and aspect to it so that it just happens to be that way. But I will say our nature aid one that's in Costco right now is my favorite. It, it, it just tastes the vanilla cream right now is, is ridiculous. I even baked, I just made some uh, vegan cookies with it earlier today for my meal prep. Oh yeah. So you can, you can use that. And it's also low glycemic and it's, probably one of the most cost effective out there because, you know, coming from the hood myself, I, I can't see me charging $70 for a container of protein. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care if it's non-GMO. I don't care if it's organic. I just can't. Like, where is the where are you trying to help the people at that point? You know what I'm saying? When you're charging $80 for a jar, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we end the podcast, I want to just say congratulations on everything that you're doing. It's refreshing to see, like since I started SoFlow Vegans, you've just been a presence in the global community. And the fact that you keep coming back and you're supporting large events, smaller events, you're just doing a lot. It's very inspirational to see and to aspire to, to do, not to say do what you're doing, but just do as much as you can. Because, you know, people, a lot of people say life is short. I like to say life is precious. And mm-hmm. I get to 
do as much as I can while I'm on this earth. So continue doing what you're doing. A lot of people are rooting for you. And um, and thank you for you know always being a yes and supporting what we're doing over here at SoFlo Vegans as well. Of course, man. I, you know, I love y'all, man. It's, it's, it's like family. So, you know, and, and what you say is true. It's like life isn't short. Life is precious. But what people don't realize is that life is moving at a million miles an hour. It's mm-hmm. just we're on this kind of shuttle that doesn't allow us to feel how fast it's going until it's at the end. Mm. You know, and that's that's where people don't realize. It's like it's going. Like the clock, one thing my brother taught me, I'll never forget this. That's when I was uh I was going through a tough time and he said, just remember this, the clock never stops. Even mm. when it's good, that that good moment can be gone fast and when it's bad, that bad moment's going to be over at some point. But the clock will never stop and you just got to be you just got to keep grinding and still enjoying life, but you got to keep working. You know, our bodies, our bodies want to work. That's what people don't realize. Our bodies want to work. They want to keep moving. If you if you remember that our bodies are the first machine ever put on this earth mm. and every machine after that is just to help our our machine not work so hard. Our machine is meant to work hard, but we've just gotten comfortable. I won't even say lazy. We've gotten <laughs> comfortable. We've yeah. gotten comfortable. And so if we keep grinding, I think we'll enjoy life even more. We'll enjoy how fast it's going. And when it's all over, we'll be like, you know what? I did that. I had a good damn time. And I think that's how we got to look at life. And for everyone listening right now, where can everyone find the book, find the events, find everything that you've got going on? You can find me everywhere from Instagram to Pinterest to Etsy. I, I, I got Badass Vegan pretty much locked down on every platform. Uh, and then you can email me at john at badassvegan.com. I do answer my emails. It might take me a little while. There's a lot going on, but I do answer the emails. And like I said, the book you can find on Amazon Prime uh, for pre-order right now. There's a special gift that's coming where we're going to have a week-long um, a week long workout uh, that you can keep repeating if you want. You can take the same workout and repeat it after the week. And then we'll have a couple bonus recipes with that, too. Uh, the the film. Be on the lookout. It's coming. And I've been approached about some more um, series, whether it be, and I can't name the platforms, but <laughs> larger platforms that, you know, be good. Nice. And then the last thing that we have all our guests do is we call it a moment from the heart. We spent a lot of time mm-hmm. talking about projects and things of that nature. And I give the last bit of the episode to the guests to just deliver any sort of message they want to our audience. And then as soon as you're done, that's the end of the podcast. So if you need a second, that's fine. But um, the floor is um, going to be yours. Gotcha. I, I have to, it's a repetitive message that I, I live by myself and, and I always promote this is that no matter what's going on in the world, if you really want to improve your life, the life around the people around you, the world in general, you have to learn to love yourself. We've been living in a world that has kind of taught us to depend on outside sources for that love, but the love comes from within. And it's it's a journey. It's going to be, it might be painful. It may be sweaty. It might be bloody even. I don't know, but it's going to be a journey. And the, the moment you get to love yourself, you realize that you weren't going to be able to find that love outside of yourself people and things can only accentuate the love you already have for yourself inside. 
And the longer we keep looking for that love outside, the longer we'll be in pain and the longer we'll keep searching. But once you find that love inside, then you can love others and you can receive the love from them. So at the end of the day, talk about what you messed up on for that day. Talk about what you did right. And it's okay to tell yourself, I love you. And never forget that. Love yourself. You've been listening to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. As you can see, our passion is to help people navigate the vegan lifestyle. Having on vegan experts from around the globe, Sean is the founder and, of course, the host of SoFlow Vegans, an organization created to help make South Florida a global hotspot for veganism. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at SoFlow Vegans. Find the show and more at SoFlowVegans.com slash podcast. And for questions or comments, send an email to contact at SoFlowVegans.com. Our food is grown, not born. See you next time.